Imagine having to live up to a cultural phenomenon, one that had kids around the world making an X on their chest, finally able to see a real superhero that looked just like them. Not a sidekick, the King Avenger. The last movie to release right before the biggest 12 month stretch a movie studio has ever had, and probably ever will. Imagine having to live up to that three years later, when the world's complaining about superhero fatigue. When the last movie to release was Love and Thunder, a universally despised follow-up to another beloved entry from the peak of the MCU. Imagine wearing the shoes of one of the franchise's biggest heroes right in the middle of its slump. Imagine having to do all of that and then your star dies. How could Wakanda Forever possibly live up to the Black Panther? What it ended up being was a perfectly fine movie that encapsulated everything wrong with Phase 4 of the MCU. It's another kid superhero introduction. It's another villain's redemption arc. It's another passing of the torch. But the thing is, which one of those do I want removed? And from what movie? But in every movie, Wakanda Forever might represent a lot of things wrong with Phase 4. That they've rushed the world building in a way completely different from what we saw 14 years ago. But in a vacuum, Wakanda Forever is everything that's always been right with the MCU. Welcome back to The Wrong Opinion Presents MCU Rewatch. We haven't done an MCU rewatch in a long time. We got Josh Clark here. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? We are doing Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, what are your first couple thoughts on the movie? Just uh, where you were when you first watched it, where your thoughts were following up to Black Panther post Chadwick? My initial thoughts are pretty much, I love the movie. Um, yeah. I think I, I, was, I was very skeptical um, as to what they were going to do. And my initial... The first time I watched it, I was kind of disappointed with it, but after watching it the second time, I think I like it way more than I actually did the first time. Yeah. Um, it was very emotionally gripping and didn't, it didn't fall into the trap of trying to force you to laugh. Um, it allowed you to kind of do in your emotions, and I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, the, uh, the Taika Waititi award, the joke they could have scrapped, I only had one answer, like, and I wasn't even like... Yeah, just yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I couldn't think of. Well, I guess we'll get to that later. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but like it, it was still fairly funny. It was also obviously there's the, uh, the underbelly of the actual dead person. Um, and I had been a couple years since then, but still is is dedicated to him and everything. And in that same vein, did were you hoping they would recast him? Were you hoping they would do what they did like what did you want them to do with chadwick poseman with with black panther after chadwick poseman died <laughs> i had i had no idea um honestly i kind of i will we'll get into it a little bit i was kind of hoping that they would like crown umbaku the yeah. king i did i didn't think they were gonna recast chadwick boseman i don't like as revered as he was as beloved as he was i don't think there was any way that you were gonna re recast him I think that him, along with probably the original six, were the are some probably the only Avengers that I don't think could have been recast, just because of how well loved they were. Because yeah. he he really was a cultural icon, you know. Yeah, yeah, and he was one of the very few that like dominated outside the MCU and during the MCU or in in the MCU like at the same time. You know, I think Brie Larson's kind yeah. of doing that, but he was like the only one. So that that's. It's, 
cultural phenomenon. I was hoping they would recast him. <laughs> really? Because Black Panther was in Civil War as like a background character, like a secondary character, and then Black Panther, and then two movies where he had like five lines total, and then he died. I guess, you know, I I was kind of hoping, I guess it would be fair to say that I, I would have been happy if they had recast him because I think he was a really cool character. Yeah. Um, that they could have used a lot, but I I just I didn't think it was realistic. I didn't think it was ever gonna happen. Yep. And that's kind of the struggle with like comics versus movies. Like you can only like you're just not gonna have that many as many stories as you do in the comics. And when a guy dies, then you just you know, you're gonna have fewer. Um but his brother is on my side, but we're gonna get that into get into that in useless trivia. Um what did you think about that statement I said when I said it's a it's a perfectly fine movie that encapsulated everything wrong with Phase Four in terms of like the kid superhero introduction, the villain's redemption arc. I think you 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 said it pretty well. It, it's hard to admit that there was fatal flaws with the movie because it was such a good movie. But I think you're you're very right. It it follows that same vein of just continuing to build more su- or to introduce more superheroes continuing to follow along that same kind of redemption arc at the end, which in a sense I like, but in a sense it's like bad guys aren't good. They're bad guys for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the thing is like, there aren't any individual redemption arcs because I know you're, you're super into the like anti the redemption arcs, but there aren't really any where I'd be like, I wish they didn't do that one. Like I said, like Wanda, if she stayed bad that I wouldn't have liked that. If Icarus didn't fly into the sun, I wouldn't have liked that. And Namor, especially because in the comics, he was, a, he was an anti-hero, right? But just when you have all of them, it's like, okay, well, this is getting old. I kind of want like an actual actual bad guy, right? Yeah, and Even that's... Kang that's... has redemptive qualities. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the thing is like, it, I don't know. It, it's, like you said, there's, there's not one character that I was like, I really wish they would have stayed bad. But... Like you said, it's just kind of a compounding effect. But I think Namor is definitely one where I would have I would have liked to see him, I guess, stand on his uh, beliefs a little bit more. And I guess he kind of did, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, like you said, it, it, you kind of get the vibe where he's like, like I mean, he straight up said that he's just using the Wakandans, and he's probably still going to be a bad guy. But we'll yeah. see where that goes. But I, I definitely think they could have done a better job at making him an actual anti-hero rather than the bad guy kind of, you know, like I just I didn't think they do did a great job at making him kind of good but bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, I had a couple issues with Namor and I liked a lot of different things, but we're going to get to that in a little bit. So let's just get into awards. Uh, what do you want first? Which one do you want to pick first? OK, I'm going to start with the first one on my list. Um, the Iron Man Award for the best single line. I am and, Iron Man Award. Yes, I am Iron Man Award. Uh, there, I think there are a lot of different candidates for the award. Yeah. And I, I kind of think I know what you're gonna say, so I chose a different line. Okay. Uh, I think my my favorite line from the movie, and I don't know if this counts, but my favorite line from the movie is in the post credit scene where he says, "Thanks." Yours is too, I guess. Oh, no. Okay. Is... I'm glad. You... <laughs> I picked a different one as my number one, and I thought you were going to go with that. And I thought I was being so smart going for the post credit scene. I didn't pick that one, though. So oh. <laughs> when he says, your name is nice too, I guess. Yeah. It's just, it's, I mean, it's, I know you're going to have a better one, but I, I, 
every time I watch that, I like squeal because it's so cute, you know? Yeah. I wrote that. I don't know where I wrote that, but that kid was like a little bit like, I hate this kid. I want to smack him. He's just an annoying little kid, and I can see him like, you know, drooling and getting his sticky fingers on my stuff. But he's also so adorable. Yeah. That was, I've never seen like a more accurate child in a movie yeah. than that, you know? Yeah, I I loved it. I just it and part of the reason was it was like it was one of those things where it was like the movie ended so sad, right? Yeah. And then immediately after the post credit scene, you get so happy because you're like, he's got a son, you know? And then like your emotions are already all over the place. And then this little kid is so cute. It's just I don't know. Yeah, this movie was it really I think defined grief in a really, really good way in that like it started off with Churi in the in the in the black emo garb and, and it turns into anger halfway through the movie and then she wants vengeance and then she kind of comes into this like acceptance and then at the end it's 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 peace and it's still sad but she finds peace with it and partly because of uh nakia and that, that little little baby boy yeah um so i had five <laughs> i had five so how does it make sense that the ancestors would give me the skills to save my brother but i couldn't and the entire little conversation between Shuri and Namor, I'm going to talk about that later in a bit. But it was just super sweet and I think really set up Namor in a, in a pretty cool way. The world has taken too much from you for you to still be considered a child between that and that That's a good one. conversation too, between Shuri and Maku. And that was right after the little uh, callback when she joked about scoffing at tradition. Val saying, so Ross says, imagine what, the United States would do if they were the only ones with a vibranium. And Val said, I actually dream about that. I'm like, oh, this chick is evil. Yeah. Downright villain. Um, and now my top two, this one just goes hard. So you kill a girl's mom and then you point at her and say, You're the queen now. That's just that's that's dope, man. Yeah. See, I actually one of my top candidates was from that exact same scene not that same line i love that line but i love where it's like mourn your dead bury your dead i'm coming back yeah because it's like it's just so it's such a a power move you know when you kill everybody and then you stop fighting call your guys back you're like i'm coming back i'm gonna give you time to mourn i'm gonna give you time to prepare yet i'm still gonna come and i'm still intending on killing everybody here you know what i mean it's just such a power move loved it yeah i loved it um but number one the one i thought you were gonna say was uh what's his name trusant the little kid saying my name is prince t'challa son of king t'challa that's when it that's what hit me you know you yeah. have the build up of him saying that that's not my real name speaking in wakandan and then yeah and then, that's that a good line. one i am really surprised um you didn't use the other one what was the um, other one um where the the queen is like i forget the exact quote um but she's like um i'm the queen of the most powerful nation in the world and i don't have and all my family is gone have i not lost everything you know yeah i've got that in another section me too actually yeah all right yeah um i wasn't as positive on that line oh. so we'll uh, we'll get to that um i'm going to go with the uh let's just do the eternals award for could this have been a limited series so the overall story doesn't like connect at all to the overarching mcu and it 
just basically serves to introduce two different heroes, one kind of passing the mantle and then one Riri just introduced. And way more like dialogue based and emotion based and again like the stages of grief. So it totally could have been six episodes and it's also really long. Uh, but that said, there's no way a Black Panther movie would ever be a series instead of a movie. You know, yeah. Just a billion and a half dollars going to waste. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it. I mean, it could they have done it successfully? Yes, probably. I think if they if they had done it, like if they were to make it a limited series, it could have really gone into the depths about what it takes to really kind of dig yourself out of that kind of grief because it is a extremely hard process but i think the way they did it was was pretty well done yeah. and I, I don't i i think the the way i kind of interpret this question was is was the was the story developed enough could they have spent more time developing the story over six episodes and i don't really think they could have i think the way they did it was just about perfect yeah that's fine i also said it's just the same thing with spider-man like it's just not gonna it's not gonna be a movie. yeah we're not, not yeah. gonna not be a movie uh europe um okay the ragnarok award for character cinematic cinematic peak this might be cheating because i think she's only in two movies but i think the queen kind of blew blew me away with her performance and i think that her character was did a really good job of balancing power and grief and Still being a mother at the same time, I just think it was a really, really good portrayal of what a really powerful queen would look like in that yeah, scenario. I, I said that all the Wakandans kind of peak in different ways. I mean, that's just what happens when you reuse a cast but take away the main character. <laughs> like, it just other people are getting more screen time, you know? And yeah. she was incredible. Did you know she was nominated for an Oscar for this movie? Uh, I I do think I remember seeing that. I don't. She didn't get it though, did she? Yeah, no. She but she was win. the first uh, MCU character or actor to be nominated for an Oscar, and it was only like the fifteenth ever sequel, uh, like actor Oscar nomination. Oh wow, kind of crazy. And like she was like forgettable in the first movie. I can't even like like I remember scenes with her, but she was barely a character. You know, she was just like a kind of a stand-in in the first movie. Yeah. Um, and then here she's nominated for an Oscar. She was incredible. Same thing with Nakia. In the first one, if you take her out, she's just, you know, the movie's the same. Uh, but here she was just way more interesting. Her far more developed. Obviously, at the end, you realize she's a mom too, but her work in Haiti, that's just a cool thing. Um, I think that in some ways, Mbaku, I think, is on the list too. Partly just yep. for the same reason. He's on my short list of like best MCU side characters. And. This role, he like he had a bigger role, and he's more of a hero, but not giving up any of that like the the off putting stuff about him. At least for other characters, that's off putting. Um, like when he called out the council council for letting Killmonger take the throne and leading to all the crap, while still being like heroic. Um, but I think the yeah. award goes to Shuri. Just again, her in the beginning being like an emo griever, and then kind of bouncing back and forth between that and the the heroism. And I don't know if I like this version. Or, like, the funny, goofy kid version better. Uh, but it's kind of like Spider-Man in No Way Home versus Spider-Man in Homecoming, you know? Um, just having them both together, it's really interesting. And it shows her shows her range. Yeah. Yeah. No, I it's, I, I wouldn't say it's the wrong answer at all. I think that that's a, definitely a, a good thing when you can see two different sides of a really good actor. But then yeah. you can also, you can also, or actress, I guess. But you can also use that to kind of 
really show the character development and yeah just just really neat when actors and actresses have that kind of range and they're able to change their style like that you know yeah and like after she suits up i think it could have been easy for it to be like okay now she's a superhero so everything is saved but the first time she really broke down was to mbaku after she got the heart-shaped herb and after she had the suit so she's a superhero but it, it still sucks you know she's still um venting and ranting really for the first time to mbaku and i thought yeah um, so that's more on the, on the characterization than the than her acting but it was she was still fantastic um hawkeye award for the un- most unexpectedly inspiring moment um so this is kind of a two-parter because it's set up you know two-thirds of the way f- through the movie uh shuri says what matters is what i want because like her mom doesn't what her mom wanted doesn't matter because she's dead what matters is what i want and what I want is Namor dead. Compare that with 20 minutes later, when she says to Namor, she spares his life and says, vengeance has consumed us. We cannot let it consume our people. Literally like the inverse of what T'Challa said in Civil War. Um, she's like going to war for vengeance. It's already consumed her. And she said that before the fight that like she's already consumed. Like now it's just time for vengeance. It's it's good. Which is why she saw Killmonger, which I thought was a nice little touch. Her seeing, seeing Killmonger in the... Um, the other realm and then refusing to tell anybody that she saw Killmonger. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I don't know if I'd call it the most unexpectedly inspiring moment because I think that was kind of the point is to be the most inspiring moment. Yeah. that's (laughs) (laughs) You and Ricky always comment on that. Like, well, this wasn't unexpected. Like it's just for, it's just for verbiage, you know, it's doesn't have to be unexpected. No, I, I 100% agree that that was the most inspiring moment. And I think without a doubt, in my opinion, anyways, the, the peak of the movie um because you saw somebody choose good over what they want and over what every fiber of their being wants you know and yep. i think that's really where you saw shuri be a you know a leader and that's not something she had been prior to that point um so i just i thought that was awesome but yeah yeah i, I, I don't disagree at all that's it wouldn't be as powerful if that weren't like one of the dopest mono amount of fights that we've ever seen in the MCU <laughs> for yeah. Namor going at it, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's, that's for another section. Was that your pick then? Um, actually, well, that, that was my most inspiring moment. Um, one of my most, I guess my most unexpectedly inspiring moment was when the queen was basically calling out the, um, UN. Oh, um, Okay. Yeah, I just I don't know. I love that. I thought it was really cool to see like the the queen of a small nation that was kind of being berated show everybody like we can and we will destroy you, but we don't or we can destroy you and we will destroy you. <laughs> now we will. <laughs> yeah. We we can destroy you and if you keep poking us, we will. We have yeah. the power, but we're going to do what's best for us, you know. And yeah. it, it really it really kind of showed the strength of the queen. And really how good of a leader she was, you know? Yeah. I think that, um, I put that in a different section, but when she brings in the the pirates or, you know, whoever, you know what I'm talking about? When she brings them into the UN meeting yep. and says, like, we've already told just I thought that was that was a fantastic little touch. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially when there's when uh, she speaks in French. I forgot about that. That was cool. Uh, the French people are always the bad guys. They yeah. one good French person in the MCU. I think Kevin Feige just hates the French. I don't know any French person besides the lady at the UN meeting. That's one for one. But the uh, <laughs> the dude the the dude from uh he was in like 
Winter Soldier and then in Falcon and Winter Soldier, like seven years later, Ball Rock or whatever, gets smashed by a building. Oh. Okay. You know who I'm talking about? Nope. When Captain America comes to fight him, he's like, well, if you were a real man, you'd fight me without your shield. And the Captain America actually dropped his shield like an idiot when there's people's lives need saving. You know what I'm talking about? Nope. Don't remember that. Right. You got to watch that movie again. Uh, you got next pick. I got next pick. Okay. Um, I'm going to go cheesiest fight scene slash best fight scene. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the, the best fight scene. And I think the intro of the semen. <laughs> the, uh, when, no, the, the first fight scene with all the, the blue people. Um, I, what, are, what are they called? Namorites? Uh, I don't know, know what they're called. I don't, they're, Ant- they're Atlanteans, but they didn't Atlanteans, use the word Atlantis yeah. in this movie. So I okay. I don't know. I'm going to call them semen. Um, the intro of the semen I thought was absolutely fantastic. Um, when they like the, just the sirens and then the mystique of them coming out of the water, you're not really seeing them. And then they just kind of kill everybody super easily, I think is awesome. Yeah. I wrote that too. It was a little bit, um, odd. I didn't really have a cheesy fight scene in this movie. Cause I don't think any of them were cheesy. None of them, none of them were even really that bad, but they tried to film, film it like a horror movie, I think in a way that, um, but like I don't think the director was I don't think Ryan Coogler was like equipped to do so. So just like a bundle of cliches and it tried hard to freak us out, but I didn't really know what was going on, but not really in a good way. I don't I guess maybe you didn't have the same reaction to that. But I, I I didn't love that scene too much, but it was really cool seeing them emerge from the water and the sirens. I think in a, in a way the horror tropes kind of worked pretty well. Yeah. But I think I guess... that they tried to lean too hard into it without really doing it great. Yeah, I guess, you know, that that might be fair, Um, but I still, I just think the mystique of the first introduction of them, not actually really seeing them, plus not really seeing Namor and seeing everybody pretty much die easily, um, plus just watching the the guys just kind of walk off and kill themselves, and you just hear the creepy music in the background. I just, I don't know, I, I really liked it. I thought it was really, and it wasn't like, it wasn't a great fight scene but it was a kind of kind of an action scene that i really loved you know yeah i mean i had it in the same section so it's fine but i i was trying to not give away this nitpick that i had but i'm gonna just say right now but this movie was like the the night scenes were so dark like in a bad way like night scenes aren't particularly hard to film like you see sitcoms do it where like they turn off the lights and then there's like this white light you know like lighting up the edges of everything um, but some movies just don't do that, and I don't know why. Like, I don't know what they're trying to preserve to make it like look more authentic. Like, I can't see what's going on. You know, <laughs> like, I don't like when yeah. that happens. And maybe yeah. it's different because, like, in theaters you can probably see it better. But I remember thinking that in the theaters too, I could not see what was going on in that scene. And then same thing with Namor's int- introduction to um, the Queen and and Okoye like twenty minutes later. Um, oh yeah, it, it was just so dark and and not. Not yeah. No, I feel that sometimes. It's actually kind of funny. I was thinking, I was watching a different movie. Um, I was watching Immortals with Henry Cavill. Henry mm-hmm. Cavill. What is it? Henry Cavill or he- Cavill? I think Cavill. I don't know. Cavill. I was watching Immortals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was think, and I was thinking the exact opposite in that movie that they did such a terrible job with the night scenes, and then it just like now it's like stuck in my head that anytime there's a night scene, 
like and you can see people too well it just kind of bugs me because it's like really it's not it's night there shouldn't be that much light look i like i don't know you don't have to prove that it's night i understand that it's nighttime <laughs> i want to see what's going on you know <laughs> no that's a fair point that's a fair point yeah uh, but I got a lot of a lot of positive fights here. The first brief fight was pretty cool. One complaint though, um, so you know they're uh, it's when the Dora Majale, I cannot pronounce that correctly, um, when they uh, you know raid the pirates or whatever before they take them to the UN. But when did they start caring about not killing bad guys? And Okoye even says that her spear is deadly, and then she just zaps them unconscious instead of killing them. Like eh. Just kill them, you know? They're bad guys. No, I, I totally Spider-Man? agree. Spider-Man? I totally agree. I More people need to die, you know? It's, and I, I think Captain it's because... Captain America killed bad guys, you know? It's just yeah, like, and I, some, like, you don't murder them, but if, in the, when you're fighting, I guess, I don't know, if, you're, if your tech is good enough where you can knock them out with one hit, maybe you're being moral. But that's, but that's the, the thing that bugs me, is, like, they have these such, these such powerful weapons, and then... They they talk about them being powerful and then they never, I don't know. I I kind of think that or I thought that in Guardians of the Galaxy too, where it's like these te- these weapons are supposed to be so high tech they're used by the bad guys and then they never kill anybody. They just kind of blow you back. Like that weapon should kill you. You know what I mean? I think the I push back on the Guardians because I feel like that's one thing James Gunn was always good at is like pulling no punches, killing everybody that wants to be killed, even like civilians in the in especially in the first one. Um, maybe you're thinking of specific scene that I'm not thinking of. Though. Well, yeah, I guess I'm. I'm thinking of this. Like I don't know. You're um, that, that. It is a very fair point that I think more people need to die. But yeah. I, I'm just gonna keep pulling that string and talking about that because one thing my I guess my nit with specifically the Black Panther movies and a lot of MCU movies in general is their weapons are so inconsistent. Like mm-hmm. you see, you see the like the um the bald ladies i don't know what they're called i can't pronounce it yeah it's like Dora. Um, Mar- I, I i'm gonna embarrass myself again yeah but the bald ladies like they use these spears and then they stab it through a car and supposedly it's like not breaking the concrete but sometimes it does break the concrete and then another car hits it from behind and doesn't bend the other car and I the spear it. doesn't go through the 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 car that it's hitting it just not fl- knocks it into the air like that doesn't make any sense at all yeah, it, there's this thing in movies where, like, if a super strong thing hits something else, then the other thing is suddenly super strong. Like, when when in, uh, Shazam, he caught a bus by the window. Yeah. yeah. It's like, the window is not going to—it doesn't matter how strong he is. <laughs> if he catches it, he's going through it, you know? Or Superman, <laughs> yeah, lifts, exactly. if you lift a building, if you're strong enough to lift a building, you're just putting a hole in the building, you know? <laughs> exactly, yes. Yes. That's that same argument. I, that That is one—and it's not specific— necessarily to this movie it happens a lot a lot with the wakandan spears which bugs me but it's just kind of a nit overall in superhero movies is that just bugs me but dora malaje dora Dora malaje there we go dora malaje i think they have they put an accent on it somewhere but i'm not wakandan so i don't have no idea what kind of accents um the I've got so many more cool fight scenes, but the first fight with the Atlant the first like real fight between Atlanteans and the Wakandans, uh, the Dora Milaje in Boston. Um, it was cool, but the sickest part was when the dead ones like stand up. That I, yeah. I, I that's just a trope I'm always going to be into. I wish though they would have done it where you see Oko- Okoye's face 
and then behind her you see them stand up in the background that would have been cooler but it's you know whatever yeah um and there was like i don't know if you caught this too but like this just the silence of the fight when you hear like that and there's just nothing like no background sounds no music i always love that they did that in beekeeper in the final fight do you remember that with statham in the uh mm-hmm. south, south african guy you know what i'm talking yeah. about when it was like silent other than just the sounds of blades always yeah of that uh, the attack on Wakanda was just like fantastic. It was so like sudden and jarring and horrifying. Um, but then you see Namor's like full power and like they said he can punch as strong as as the Hulk. His the physics of his flying ankles don't really make a lot of sense, but I guess we'll ignore that for right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I thought Mbaku was dead. I thought actually I think I thought he was dead when I watched it this time because I haven't seen it in a year. Um, when he got punched in the chest. Because they did that slow mo. I yeah. think they overuse slow mo just in general in action movies. Oh, yeah. They definitely did in this one. There was like eight slow mo scenes. I hate I hate slow mo scenes. Like once in a while it's fine, but several in this were bad. Um, but he got punched in the chest and you're like, oh, this means he's dead, right? Because it's slow motion and, and, and it's dramatic, and then he stands up right after, like, okay. Yeah, and it's like he wasn't even like he wasn't even like super injured. Like you'd expect him to be like completely debilitated and like limping yeah, he was off. Fine. Like this movie was, this, I think this was the second longest MCU movie behind, um, turn behind Endgame. And maybe I think maybe it's had, but either way, one of the longest MCU movies. It would have been like an hour and a half if they just got rid of all the slow mo scenes. <laughs> um, I also like the, if. Go ahead. I was gonna say that's like if uh, Robert Pattinson walked Pattinson walked at a normal speed, Batman would be like an hour and a half, yeah. like three hours. <laughs> Uh, uh, I also wrote that the the queen kind of had it coming because she's just like standing there in front of her indestructible glass while Namor punches it like, hey, you can't get through this glass. Try to like be brave or something. And, then, and she's like, run, get away. Yeah. Like, and then she died. Like, yep, I would have expected that, idiot. Yeah, like, why wouldn't you both? Uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of dumb. Uh, but the scene of two characters simultaneously getting CPR and one of them surviving that's like my new favorite trope that I want to see in every movie going forward now. Because I don't think I've ever seen that before, but it was super cool. Because like it's like one of these characters is going to die. Probably not the one who's getting a TV show in a year, but <clears throat> we'll see. Okay. Uh, and then last one, just the final fight scene, just top to bottom was fantastic. Uh, it was like real boss level vibes when you, you know, there's like the, the war between the Atlanteans and the, or the battle between the Atlanteans and the Wakandans on the ship, but then separate it's Namor and, and Shuri duking it out. Um, and the plan like actually made sense. I, I'm, I get sick of like just giant CGI battles or bringing dragons into the last scene or just whatever. But th- this plan like made sense. Like you dry him out, beat him up and then he stabs her, he wins. And then he, she cheats by blowing up the ship. Uh, I think that that was one of my favorite climactic, fight scenes in the mcu because the the first black panther did not do the climax very well i don't think yeah i uh you know that that last fight scene i kind of had mixed feelings about it i thought it was a really cool fight scene i also thought it could have been done better but honestly i don't really i that's like i don't know how it could have been better just i kind of felt unsatisfied walking away from it you know no kidding and i think and i think the part part of it is like all of a sudden shuri's like a really good fighter and like where did that come from you know what i mean the heart-shaped herb. <laughs> but like 
<laughs> you, I don't know. I guess the bar where she made it, where she made the, no, the herb. I guess I was under the impression that the heart shaped herb herb made you strong. Yeah, I'm kidding. Like her, gave, gave you all these powers, but it didn't actually make you a good fighter. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That was that's just being funny there. Uh, so I guess yeah, that kind of makes sense. But th- did she like show like martial arts prowess in that fight? I mean, she was. Yeah, she was doing cool moves and stuff. And and she didn't use her explosive suit enough. I thought that too. Because no, several times I saw her suit getting powered up and Namor's dried out. Like in the plane, um, Namor's drying out and you can tell he's vulnerable. And she's yeah. got her explosive shoot, suit. And I'm like, just kind of touch him between the eyes and go. You know what I mean? Yeah, she kind of waited a while too in that same scene, just watching him destroy the ship. And she's like, hey, what do I do? Like, Stop him. Yeah. What do you mean? Right. Um, I'm going to go. Let's go positive. Actually, that one was pretty positive. Let's go negative. Um, let's go both. <laughs> We're going to do the James Gunn Award for the funniest moment, followed by the Taika Waititi Award for the jokes they could have scrapped. Um, this was like a throwaway line when they were on the bridge in Boston. Um, but some random guy, it's just like, hey, is she blue? That was so funny to me. Just some like FBI guy when they see the Atlanteans. Hey, she blew. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, and Baku saying, you bald-headed demon. That was great. That was more of a Tom Hardy Bane voice than a Mbaku, but it works. I know um, they're pretty similar. Just One's white, one's not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, shoot, what's her name? Uh, Val? Is that her name? The The bad girl? The bad girl? Julia what? Louise Dreyfus. Oh, oh yeah, Val. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she said to Ross, maybe I'll drop by sometime and jump on your Peloton. Oh, <laughs> I know what you mean, girl. That one was funny. Yeah. Uh, Riri saying, so y'all have y'all stop having Black Panthers when I get kidnapped? That was a funny line. <laughs> uh, Shuri complains about having to change clothes because it happens in all the movies. They change clothes and then it's a classic villain move, you know? Uh, that was funny. Uh, and then... At the end, a colonizer in chains. Now I've seen everything. <laughs> this wasn't that funny of a movie, but those are some solid lines, you know? Yeah. Did you have a better uh, one? Because I think those were all like C pluses. No, I honestly, like, this is one of those where, like, I didn't write anything down because I kept expecting there to be a better joke coming forward. Yeah. And no one ever did and then i didn't want to go back and rewatch it and look for jokes so i'm like i don't yeah. there, like there there weren't a ton of like there were a couple of chuckle moments but i don't think there were any like really funny moments you know yeah i think i i probably wrote down so many because i knew there wasn't gonna be a funny moment so like i just had to grab the ones i could uh, but they were it's, it's not a happy this was not a happy movie it's about black panther dying you know yeah and uh namor not, not really happy backstory. And then the uh, joke they could have scrapped, though. Uh, Namor had one joke in this movie. So, yeah. That... You want to say it? Sorry. No, no. You go well, ahead. I just went through all the funniest moments, so you can do this one if you want. No, you go ahead. Go say it. Okay. You'll say it better than I will. <laughs> so Shuri, he's talking about showing, showing Shuri around, and he goes, the pressure will break every bone in your body. The water will destroy you. Or you can wear a suit. Like yeah. one Namor. I, <laughs> I thought it was the stupidest because it was like so out of character for him, and it was just like just dumb. Yeah, just it was like, like a Ham Montana joke or something. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Should have added a laugh track there. 
<laughs> I've been uh, I watch TV often, like sitcoms, especially ones I've seen um a lot while I work and I have them on mute. Um, and sometimes like you can what? like if I yeah like well, like when I'm working, sorry, I have it on mute while I'm working, so it's just like on. You know what I mean? Is that weird? Just, that's not weird. Have it on mute? Yeah, that's weird. While I'm working, I don't want to. I'm. What? I don't want to be distracted. Pause it. Why? Why do you have it on at all if you're not going to listen to it? I just point... have something for my eyes to look at while I, while I'm working. I'm on the phones, man. <laughs> I'm waiting on. I we have different jobs. I'm yes. calling people constantly, right? And I'm waiting to leave a voicemail. I'm leaving a voicemail. I say the same thing I say thirty times every day. And then my eyes just look up there, and I'm looking at the. I can't have it unmuted, but I also don't want to be bored. Just you at least have the subtitles on. Yeah, I have subtitles on. That's what I'm saying. And I see a joke. I guess that makes a little more sense. And I see a joke, and it's not that funny. But then they like pause with a laugh track, and it's (laughs) way less funny when you see a joke, and then they just sit there like for three seconds while they're laughing. (laughs) Yeah, that was kind of funny. That was a lot of build up to it kind of funny anecdote um kind of funny reminds me of friends like if you took the laugh tracks out of friends would you ever really laugh well, that i mean that's the thing with sitcoms it's like they're a little bit funny but it's mostly just like a comfort thing you know yeah uh your pick my pick okay questions or she hulk award for answers to questions that don't need to be asked so my question is how in the heck and why in the heck are the Atlanteans riding killer whales? Because they show up, the, the Atlanteans are in the Pacific, or they're in the Gulf of Mexico, right? Okay, so you're not saying, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, they're in the Gulf of Mexico. Killer whales do not typically inhabit the Gulf of Mexico, first of all. So how would they go all the way over there, get a killer whale, and then come back? And why would they go all the way over there and then come back. You know what Are I mean? In the Gulf of Mexico, is that where they do? They say that they meet up there some sometime. I know that. Well, they're, they're from they're, the Yucatan they're originally. Giant. Yeah, they're from the Yucatan, which is in the Gulf of Mexico. And then they, was that was I that would, where Atlantis is then, or whatever they call the the city? Uh, I don't know. I would assume that it's there because it's in the Yucatan, and then they went up to yeah. Massachusetts. True. The Yucatan. The Yucatan is in the Gulf of Mexico, so. Yeah, but I, I, just because they're from the Yucatan doesn't mean that that's where they settled now. You know, later. and that's that's another question is like, so when they go to their city, right, they are mm-hmm. on land originally and go through this little hole. But then sometimes it seems like they're in the big wide ocean. So it's like, which one is it? You know what I mean? Well, okay, you're right, though. They definitely are in the Gulf of Mexico because they meet from they come from Haiti. Right. So yeah. yeah, you're definitely right. They're in the Gulf of Mexico. So I guess that. Um, yeah that's a good question yeah so that's my question i don't really have an answer that's just kind of bugged me is like why are you riding killer killer whales first of all because they're a social species so they live in pods and you're only riding one at a time and then you're also how many can you ride at a time i mean you can have lots of people on several different ones but it's I also like that... remember the scene you're referring to when they were riding killer whale were they all on one whale it was the first scene, or one of the first scenes when they're in Massachusetts, and there's a couple different people holding on to a killer whale, uh, and, then they, and then they show it later again that they hold on to a killer whale. Okay, so they just get one whale out of the pod, yeah, from the Yucatan all the way to Massachusetts. 
Yeah, and and killer whales don't live in the Gulf of Mexico, so what? Like they would have had to go through the yeah, Panama they're, they're Canal. They're making another stop just to come in riding a killer whale to look cool. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of work to look cool. Yeah, but my answer is that they because they're the ancient Mayans, they actually know a hidden passage that Columbus was looking for to get across the Americas. You know what I mean? I guess Columbus wasn't looking for it. other uh, explorers was looking, looking for it. something. Yeah, but they were look. They actually know where that passage is, and it's probably underwater, kind of like their secret city thingy, you know. Yeah. So they can probably go into the Pacific, get their killer whales, and then come back. Okay, I dig it. I can't comment much on animals. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as a as a biologist, I kind of, I like to lean into my niche sometimes to sound like a nerd. uh... Killer whales as a biologist in Michigan? Nope, but I watch a lot of National Geographic. There you go. Uh, I said, I said, how did Black Panther die? Um, obviously, it was like ambiguous to be respectful, I think, to Chadwick Boseman. But I think that the heart-shaped herb, it was like a slow-working poison that you have to like continuously take or else it becomes deadly. Ooh, that like is that. a good. I like that a lot. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because it's probably... Yeah. Yeah. Are you talking to me? No. I thought you you were talking, and then you just kind of stopped talking. No, you were talking, and then you looked that way. Sorry, Selena was making hand I know, that's fine, but but I wasn't talking, you were talking, and then you looked away, and then you looked at me like I was supposed to continue. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. That was weird. Maybe uh maybe there's like some sort of radioactivity and you need to continue continuously renew your healing abilities by continuing to take the, the heart shaped herb. You yeah, know? I think that's it. I'm gonna go with the Silver Surfer Award for the character that should have been introduced. Uh, I wrote Chadwick Boseman's replacement. <laughs> Just kidding. I uh, the Fantastic Four I think would have been cool. Um, uh, like if Reed. Before they had powers, Reed Richards is the one to build the vibranium scanner thing instead of Riri, because I just didn't like that. I'm going to talk about her later. I just didn't like that character very much. Um, so Namor wants to kill Reed, but then he sees Sue, and there's like a cute little moment there, because Namor is like in love with Sue Storm. That's a huge thing in the comics, and it's super weird and creepy. Um, and then in the post credit scene, Reed meets with like Fury or somebody. That leads to the movie, where they go to space and get powers. What do you think of that? That would be interesting. I didn't answer this one. I was going to let you answer this one because I don't, I didn't read the comics. I just like the movies, you know? Yeah. So. Admittedly, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bandwagon fan. So I don't really know any of the, the, the backstories or any additional characters. Yeah. Like you don't know that this was not a comic accurate name or at all. Do you? Uh, I do because you said it. Just because it just said it right you now. You said it earlier when it, no, when it came out, mm-hmm. I remember you well. saying that it wasn't a comic accurate name or. And I don't really care about that stuff, but we're going to talk about him in a second. Uh, You got next. I got next. Okay, I'm going to go hit the troll award for the egregiously lazy CGI. Um, This isn't really CGI, but every underwater talking scene, I absolutely hated. Yeah. And I guess that's not really, really CGI, but it's computer generated something computer cgn computer generated noise um i just i i don't know when namor talks underwater he sounds like like they're trying to make him sound like a whale but he just sounds stupid you know like it's like 
reverberated kind of, but not enough. Like it doesn't sound like it's actually underwater. It's just dumb. I hate it. Hated it. I didn't notice, but it's good. That's um, I'll check that out for next time. See how much <laughs> that sucks. I said that Riri flying when she was in Boston in that first suit, it looked kind of bad. Like in sitcoms where you know there's like a dream sequence where you see somebody flying, it's just like pasted on. That's what it looked like in a first suit, but then it wasn't <laughs> later. So I don't understand like why it looked so bad in the first in, in the first scene. Um, it's just weird. And I'm not sure how you make ankle wings look good, but it's not it's not that. <laughs> they did not look good. Um, I don't know how that's they would make it look good, that's, but it just didn't look good. That's one thing I almost wish that they kind of went away from the comics a little bit because it's I just kind of it's stupid. Like yeah, yeah. And yeah, the way he know. like flew, I the way he flew kind of looked cool because it was like kind of like bouncing in the air, you know. Yeah, and I thought that was good. Yeah. Cool. Because if really you were like running, if if what? you're like running on like floating water or something, like if he could like have yeah. very minimal control of water or something, I don't know. I just like. Your ankle, like you're not gonna run like that on the air with, your, or I guess you're not gonna fly like that. With, yeah, and it's just with your ankle wings. The and then aren't gonna work. Either just, way, it's like over, right? You'd be flying feet first. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it's like I don't want to get, I don't want to argue physics in a Marvel movie, but that was just egregiously bad. Like it is dumb. Yeah, I was not a fan. And I get it. It's magic, but kind of silly. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with the. Captain Marvel Award for the character that inexplicably didn't help save the world. I don't really have any because this movie is pretty self-contained and the Wakandans themselves are like inherently self-contained. But maybe Bucky. Bucky would have been cool because he was in Wakanda in the last movie. So having him like alongside Ross for a little bit or just like a, I don't know. I I put Ross because I didn't really think he did anything like that's true. He didn't probably, really do much. Probably, he probably could have done something, but he really, like, if he wasn't in the movie, I think it would have ended the exact, like, it wouldn't have changed. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Just took all the scenes out. Okay. Uh, first Avenger Award for the best one-off character. Uh, Riri kind of counts, but she's going to be in more. Uh, but we're going to count her and Namor. Both of them are probably going to be in more. Um, but Riri was fine. I just don't like the character very much. Like, the, just the kid superhero thing I'm never super into, except, you know, spider-man and uh, again some of them have, uh, were done really well like kamala khan i liked a lot uh that's just you know there's so many and it's just ugh. she was barely in it too i, I, I think it was just like an extra storyline that didn't really need to exist and she yeah. became like a MacGuffin for the movie yeah. um and then eventually no. she was not in it at all like you forget about her and then she's fighting in the final scene like why is she fighting again she's yeah. never fought anybody thought- before I thought that too, and that's something that Marvel does a lot: is have people that really shouldn't have fight experience fighting these battles, and they're beating supposedly trained warriors. But whatever. But I didn't, I didn't count her or Namor because I know they're going to be in future movies, and like, um, I didn't, I didn't really have any interest because I, aside from that, I couldn't think of really many one-off characters in this that aren't going to be in future movies, and that was, I kind of disqualified those characters. Uh, but I agree Bell. with you that. Lake Bell, the girl, she was in the first scene. She's super hot actress with, you know, the eyes. It's like, oh. The I don't know. She was a new girl. Uh, yeah, I don't know what. Uh, she what was like the FBI about. agent or whatever in the, in the first scene where 
um she died like instantly you know so oh. maybe she gets the award um just because she's have... hot <laughs> no just because she's the only uh like character that's a big actor that's not gonna be in another movie yeah so she gets it by default but i am going to give it to namor until he's in the next movie because i didn't love we're gonna talk about this in picking nits i didn't love the characterization um but I do, I'm a huge yeah. fan of the trope of mysterious bad guy who's super strong and silent, but wait, he's secretly super nice. Oh, wait, he's actually going to kill everybody without a second thought and murder your mom. Oh, but wait, he's swayed to the good side in the end, but he's actually not that good. Um, I've never heard of this actor before, and he wasn't really asked to do all that much, except for be cool looking and say a couple kind of intimidating lines and just be a big presence. And when he tried to make a joke, it didn't go well. But uh, uh, I think he gets the award. Yeah, I I think he did a really good job. I, I honestly really like the character. I don't know much about the comic version of Namor, so I can't uh, speak to that. But I think Not, that... He was way more like silent and burly in this movie than he was ever in the comics. Oh, um, I gotcha. And, like, I, I thought that was... like I Again, not a guy who's like, this isn't like the comics, so it sucks. Yeah, a lame take. Like if it's good, then it's good. Yeah, and I I liked it. I thought he did a really good job of portraying a really, you know, a really strong leader who's willing to do anything, almost to a fault for his. Well, definitely almost. to a fault for, <laughs> uh, to a fault for his people, but also being really, almost kind and loving. Like you know, he's he's yeah. just the kind of leader that it's like, like you can understand. Like, if you were an Atlantean, right, you would 100% be behind him. Yeah. It, like, not, because like, he, like, he fights for your people. He's there for you. You know, he's, he mourns when some random lady dies. Like, it, it just, there's a lot of things that go into making him a really likable guy by his people. And you, you almost, you almost want to sympathize with him until he goes off the deep end. Yeah. Well, like, two thoughts there. Um, number one, it's like just nationalism to an extreme, right? <laughs> It's like, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I care about you, but my country is more important, so I'm gonna kill you. Um, but he's almost like a sociopath too, in that, like, in the, in the one scene, he's talking with Shuri, and he's, they're being kind, being friendly, and he's like, "But if you're not gonna team up with me, then I'm gonna just murder you and everybody you love." But you, you cool? yeah, is that good? Like he's just so <laughs> stone faced in that. I, I, that was that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I also uh, think if you if you live for 500 years, I think you eventually will develop sociopathic tendencies i think at that point you're just kind of going to become desensitized to death and killing people yeah probably um picking nits i uh i said it, the movie was too dark just visually mm-hmm. um there's a scene where riri definitely she dropped the drone on a bunch of cops and they're dead right like she she definitely just killed cops like okay yeah um <laughs> There is no way that a slow motion car crash that builds tension is cooler than a fast car crash that like shocks you. Um, and they did that. Didn't love that. I just did not like the queen in this movie. I think like really her whole like her Angela Bassett was fantastic. The acting was really good. I didn't like the character of the queen. I think we were supposed to not like her a little bit. Um, but like obviously she's grieving and her entire family's dead and she's afraid sure he dies but how is taking okoye from her rank helpful instead of trying to help shuri and then after she does that she tries to find shuri 
and then she realizes she can with the beads and stuff. But like, why didn't you do that first? Why don't we be productive before we react? You know. And then the yeah. line, "Have I not given everything? What have you done? What have you done at all in this entire oh, franchise? Nothing." I love, I love that line. I, I love, love the line, line, but just I was, I think that's that's when I was. Uh, <laughs> I think that's when I was just matter for firing Okoye. But like, just what has she done? She's been a terrible queen, top to bottom. Yeah, I I don't think I I think that might be a little unfair. I think yeah, probably. I think probably she was a really good queen, um, and I think you, we saw her be a strong leader. But I don't think her personality really lended itself well to being the kind of queen that leads you into war. You know what I mean? The first like, scene, though, I think that definitely shows that. Like at the UN, she was clearly a good queen. But yeah, when Shuri um, was thought to be dead, or at least you know she was kidnapped. Uh, Maybe she had the right to freak out a little bit, but yeah, let's, let's be productive before we yell at your general who just like, but, who has saved a lot of lives. Yeah, but I almost I almost liked that because it was the the whole movie was really based on improperly reacting to your emotions, you know. Yeah, and facing Everybody. the consequences of that. Yeah. And I like it. I, I don't know. I liked it. I think it fit the movie pretty well. Yeah, agreed um namor's backstory absolutely hated again like it doesn't have to be like the comics i'm a fine it's not like the comics but like it's not better this first version was not better than just being a normal merman right <laughs> like he ate an herb it's stupid and then the the, the name it just added nothing there's this whole exposition scene um where they created an entire backstory that uh was difficult to follow didn't really make a lot of sense. I'm not sure why they ate the herb. I guess to stay alive longer, but then they turned blue and had to run to the water. And then his name was, he's the child without love. He's uh, Le Nino Sin Namor. Sin Namor. Like, okay, I got it. You said Namor. Genius. Why can't his name just be <laughs> Namor? You know? Like, I don't. It was, it was yeah. And it just, it, it just added nothing. Um, so I'm pretty passionate about that. Yeah. Um, I guess I, 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 I didn't really notice how much I didn't like the, well, I don't know if I didn't like it. I didn't notice how bad that might've been because I was too focused on the fact that I hated the way they did the exposition. I am kind of getting really tired of that. Just, I'm going to explain my backstory to some random stranger so that everybody in the theater knows my backstory. You know, it's like, Sometimes we don't need to know, to know your backstory. Like if it's important, give us maybe a, a small tidbit of information, but it's just a, a very overused trope that I get bored yeah. with. I had an award for early, like a year ago, you know, uh, for the worst exposition scene. And then we got to the point where there were yep. fewer like introductions to characters. So I got rid of that, but that would, uh, that would have been a clear winner here. Um, oh yeah a couple more why do studios think it adds anything to show an umbilical cord like i don't want to see name or umbilical cord as being born that's just not it doesn't add to the movie it's creepy it's gross don't want to see it um and then yeah i don't know why your average mit nerd would start killing people for somebody other guys war like i get like tony stark when you first become a superhero killing people because you're an adult um who's sold arms and you kind of planned it, but she just gets thrust into this. She's like, oh, yeah, I'll kill some Atlanteans. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Although I also didn't, didn't like the that she's earlier, capable so of I that. guess she's used to like, it. 
I also didn't like that she was capable of it. Like, she's an MIT nerd. She should be a nerd. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think there's enough nerds that are also really good at fighting in the MCU. I don't know that she was good at fighting. She was piloting a super suit. Um, I think that is all, though, up to the speed round. Did I miss anything? Nope, you didn't miss anything. All right, let's do speed round. You want to go first or second? I don't remember the speed round. How does this work? Uh, you just do them all back to back. So you don't have to go like as fast as possible or anything. You just do Miss Opportunities, just one Oscar. Gotcha. Double feet, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I didn't do this one. All right, I'll go. I'll go first. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, speed round, I'm, obviously. Uh, missed opportunities. I think um, one of the missed opportunities was having Baku be the leader, but um, maybe that's not really a missed opportunity because that might actually end up happening in the next movie, which, which I would love to see. Um, but I don't know. I thought he would have been a really good leader. That's who I thought was going to be the leader. Uh, I like Shuri being Condens. the leader more. I'm glad that it was Shuri. And Mbaku's really? like just her her backup big buddy. Um, I, she's, I don't know. She's a better you know, leader, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He's, a, he's I think, a better general and warrior, but it's not. I think not I think you could have had I think you could have had a similar storyline with um with him being king. But uh whatever. Um just one Oscar. Obviously the lady who got the Oscar I think deserves it, but I'm not gonna give it or who's nominated. I don't know I don't know the actress's name, the queen. Angela Bassett. Um, the, Angela Bassett. That's who I want to give it to because I thought she was absolutely phenomenal. Um, but I actually am because I'm not going to give it to her because it was the obvious choice. So I'm going to give it to the actor of Namor because I thought he did a really good job at uh, portraying a kind of uh, a really cool villain that's cool-headed most of the time. And I really like that. Okay. Um, are you giving it to him for best lead actor or supporting actor? Which which category is he going in? Probably best supporting actor. I don't know. Well, then you're getting rid of the uh, of of short rounds, Oscar. What? Short round from Indiana Jones. He's a guy. He also played a. Uh, um, he's the Asian guy in Loki. Asian. Uh, uh, he was uh, the guy Obi. Obi, yeah. So he played. Um, Indiana Jones is little like sidekick in the second Indiana Jones movie. And then was like barely in anything for 40 years. And then had like a big uh, comeback last year and won an Oscar. And you're going to take it away from him. All right. That's cool. He was in, he was in this movie. No, oh, no, he's not I, getting the okay, Oscar. Sorry. Because I, I see what you're saying. No, never mind. <laughs> I, I'm very, I'm very in tune with pop culture, as you can tell. Oh yeah, clearly. Um, um, yeah, I'll take it away from him. I'll give it to no more. Okay. Better than, um, if if you took away the lead Oscar, then it would have been taken away from Brendan Fraser, and that would have been worse. So, oh yeah, he deserves it. Best non MCW feature. I'm gonna say How to Train Your Dragon. Okay. Um, because or actually maybe How to Train Your Dragon Two. I can't remember whichever one. Um, the dad dies. I don't think because... I've seen any of them, so I. Oh, that. dude, you're missing out. Such good movies. Such good movies. But it's similar in that it's like I find them to be or that one in particular, I found to be so emotionally gripping. But it's also a kind of similar um, similar story where you have um, somebody that's not ready to lead has to step up because the the actual leader vacated um, in a kind of in a dramatic way. 
not obviously yeah, they, they that died. that wasn't as that wasn't as dramatic as Chadwick Boseman dying, but both happened kind of you know in a, a water water state, and both are really just very emotionally gripping. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's weird how like I guess it kind of makes sense, but like everybody has like a phase of kids movies that they will be passionate about for the rest of their lives, and I that was like that was like what 2010, so I was right after my phase of kids movies. Yeah. Um, it's just funny how that works. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm a really big fan of, especially in kids movies, movies that like are just super emotionally gripping, you know, that just kind of tear your heart out, stomp on it and then build it back up. Mm. And I, that's, that's why I loved guardians of the galaxy three so much because I thought it played with my emotions just as much. And that's why I, I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was that one, uh, which prop would I have stolen? I definitely would have stolen. It would have been hard to steal. I definitely would have stolen the shark jaw, the megalodon jaw throne that uh, Namor sits in. That's a good that's, one. That's just Mine's the coolest plain, thing. That's a really good one. Oh, yeah. That's like uh, it reminds me of the scene where uh, in Parks and Rec, where Ben gets the Game of Thrones throne. You know, that's how I would feel. Um, the Peter Quill, uh, Peter Quill Award was i i thought anyways the whole movie was very well cast or very well soundtracked sounded music uh, musicified scored? musicified scored because like you're not talking about like, score if like... they're not like writing i don't know i thought the whole yeah, so like a score I thought... is like the and then uh yeah. the soundtrack is like when rihanna song kicks in you know so do you mean like rihanna or like the, the well i was gonna loops? say rihanna song because i i love that song that was a good one um and that sometimes pops up in my playlist on Spotify, and every time I just I vibe it. So I really like that song. I can't remember that was the song that played in the outro, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So seeing the same thing. I also think that song was very well placed because it was. It's kind of a song that just makes you vibe, and you just kind of, you know, you feel peaceful, kind of in that song. And it's right yeah. after the scene where Shuri is like, she finds peace, you know. Yeah, so and it's, it's just before we really... see the kid, but after she's on the beach, yeah. So yes, like exactly. And it's just, piece. I don't know, a really good choice of song to elicit a certain emotion. And I, that's, I, I thought that was a really, really good thing. Agreed. And then, um, what was the other one? Uh, who Stole the Movie. Who Stole the Movie. I mean, I, I've talked about the Queen several times. And I for me, I think she kind of stole the movie. Yeah, I no, thought she was just phenomenal. The queen or the actor? Angela Bassett. That's 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 a really good question. I, I'm gonna say Angela Bassett, the actress. Okay. I think cool. I think the way she played the queen was just phenomenal. All right, I dig. Uh, I interrupted you so many times on that speed round to kind of ruin the concept of speed, but <laughs> we're good. Um, uh, missed opportunities. I think they should have recast T'Challa. I said that earlier. We just didn't see him enough, but it's probably fine. I'm excited to see Shuri being Black Panther going forward because she's dope and she's one of my favorite characters in the in the franchise. Oh, I don't think um, she will be. Yeah, I think she will be too. Um, just no, I said Oscar, I don't think she will be. You don't think she will because, be? Well, T'Challa challenged for the throne at the very Mbaku end. challenged for the throne. Mbala, sorry, M'Baku. I don't know why I said T'Challa. M'Baku challenged for the throne. And I have a feeling that it, Shuri's kind of going to... I think she's kind of going to concede. She's going to be like, okay, I had my time. This isn't really who I who I am. I'm not really a leader, so I'm gonna let you be the leader, and I'm gonna go back to doing my thing. Yeah, I think he's gonna be the king of Wakanda, and she is gonna be an Avenger. 
but she'll support you think Black so? Panther. Yeah, I think that's how it's going to go. I will, I don't I think, think she's the, gonna have a suit. Can Can a Wakandan be Black Panther and not be the the king or queen? That's she can do whatever she wants. She's got the suit. <laughs> I guess I think, so. Yeah, you know, like after the last world-ending event, and Wakanda played a big part in it, and after Black after T'Challa. Um, and his friendship with the Avengers, like I think that they'll be fine. With, I think that's how it's going to go, and it's probably going to be a, a probably going to be that argument that you just said. But I think that it, that's how it's going to end up being. I, I could definitely see them there being two Black Panthers too: a Black Panther for the Wakandans, and then the actual Avengers Black Panther. You know, he's just but, too big to be a Black whatever. Panther. I digress. You know? Like how, I can't picture that guy being the stealthy. He's just too massive. Okay, he'll be he'll be the black he'll be the black hyena or the black lion. Okay. How's that sound? I just him with any like he should be shirtless always. That's just his vibe, you know. <laughs> just one Oscar. Uh, I think it's weird that Angela Bassett's the only actor that's ever been nominated from the MCU. I think that so in twenty eighteen, the Academy Awards were in a really weird place where the, like it was just way too white. Um, and I think they swung a little too far the other way um, by nominating Black Panther which was a cultural phenomenon. And then it, and that's not saying that it shouldn't have been like, if there's going to be a movie that's, you know, on the, on the short list of MCU movies that should have been nominated for an Oscar. If the Academy respected action movies, which they don't. Um, and then that set the precedent for black Panther to be nominated. And then Angela ba- Bassett got nominated. So it is weird that she's the first one to be nominated. Not that she didn't deserve it though. Cause she was awesome. And it would have been really cool if she would have won it. And I'm trying to think of anybody else I could go with, so it's not just like the one who got nominated, but yeah, it's obviously her, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean it's like like no easy question. decision, no yeah. question. Yeah, hundred percent her. Um, best non MCU double feature Avatar two because of water. I think both those two movies did a really good job of like it just made water beautiful. And I remember watching Avatar two in theaters, and it just like sucked you in. I think in a different way more so than first one did for me. And I think this one, which came out months before Avatar 2, um, kind of set, like, it, it got me excited for a water-based movie. And I think I would have enjoyed Avatar 2 less if it weren't for this. And then Aquaman 2 came out this year and just sucked. Um, that's mean. Aquaman 2 was fine. But the water stuff wasn't nearly as cool. Peter Quill Award for Best Choice of Music. Uh, can't stop by the red hot chili peppers because it seemed like a cool little needle drop when it came on and then it turned out to just be a goofy white guy listening to goofy white guy music on a run so i thought that was that was a funny little illusion the good song though yeah it's a great song uh proper would have stolen i don't i didn't have a good one i put the beads i guess but i I couldn't think anything else and it's kind of lame um maybe like a, a black panther helmet just like sitting on you know my mantle that'd be cool that would be cool. Uh, but the beads, like talking into those, like an Apple Watch, that'd be cool. If, um, if they were functional, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Otherwise, it's just a prop. <laughs> but just stealing something from the movie, it'd be the beads. Um, who stole the movie? I put Shuri. Like, I don't think she was the best actress or anything, but I never thought she would be a leading person in a movie, like the character at least. And she killed it. She. Oh, what am I saying? But I, th- I think she, uh, her stock rose the most after this movie, and she's the one I was most surprised by her killing it in. Uh, useless trivia: the guy who played Namor didn't know how to swim. It's weird. 
the actress who played Nakia is Mexican and Kenyan, so she was stoked to show off her Spanish-speaking skills. Uh, Bozeman's brother said that Chadwick wouldn't have wanted the character de- to die with him. They should have recast, so he's on my side. Uh, Namor, who's the first mutant of the comics. Um, he's the second mutant of the MCU. The changed the name of Atlantis to Talakawan. Talokan. After the Aztec realm of the Tlaxlan to avoid confusion with Aquaman. Uh, a lot of words I can't pronounce in there. The shots on MIT were actually shot at MIT, which is super rare for the university, but Ryan Coogler was persistent. Uh, Rihanna wrote that song, Lift Me Up, as a personal tribute to Chadwick Boseman as soon as she saw the first trailer, which is kind of weird that she saw the trailer and then they put the movie, the song in the movie. I feel like that timeline's wrong. Many cultures in Africa shave their heads in grief, which might be why Shuri's hair is shorter at the beginning of the movie. Uh, Namor was always going to be the antagonist, whether or not Chadwick was alive. Um, there was a license plate that had Chadwick Boseman's birthday, and for some reason people complained because the car was carrying criminals, which is just a weird complaint. General Toussaint Leve... <laughs> General Toussaint Leveteur, I cannot pronounce that correctly, uh, but he fought in the Haitian Rev- Revolution, and Toussaint, that was the kid's name, born in Haiti. Kind of cool. Uh, Namor is Atlantean for Avenging Sun in comics, in the comics, but in reality, it's just Roman backwards, which is just way better than Sinamor. Uh, Namor said Imperious Rex in this movie in his native tongue, but that is his catchphrase in the comics, which basically means Empire King. I was wondering why he said that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Everybody, like, there's no actual reason for him to say it in, in the comics. It's always a thing where he just says Imperious Rex, and it's like, what does that mean? But it, uh, it's, it means Empire King. It's just a weird thing to shout. Can you skip this movie in your MCU rewatch? Uh, as of now, yeah. But we'll see where it goes with the character development. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, like what comes about in this movie may be very important for future movies, so, but we don't know yet. So... Yeah, I think you'd be super confused why Black Panther is gone. <laughs> but outside of that, I think uh, you'd probably you'd be okay. And if you know that Chadwick Boseman died, they got it. The her taking on the mantle is pretty much it. Um, so it's like a it's like a six out of ten. Don't reskip because you just kind of got to know that one fact. Uh, last question though, where does it rank? We got four levels of Pantheon, Awesome, Dig It, or Thanos should snap this movie out of existence. <laughs> what do you have it? Um, well, last time I did this, I don't think we had a Thanos should snap this movie out of existence. It was called skippable. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I would probably put it in awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it is Pantheon quality in terms of how it made me feel. But again, I, I didn't, I don't know. I don't think it is pivotal enough to be considered a Pantheon movie. And there's a lot of Pantheon movies currently listed, so. Yeah. It's not better than Civil War. Um, no. Do you have it better or worse than Black Panther? Oh, that's a good question, because I loved Black Panther for a lot of the same reasons. Um, I probably have it just below Black Panther. I have Black Panther listed just above this one, I think. Okay. I think and this... I was going to get into talking about Black Panther, but I already talked about it, so... And it's not black, this, it's not this movie, so yeah. I think that Skip. 
I'm having so much try, uh, trouble trying to figure out where to put this because the emotions of this movie I thought were you know heavy you know and you can talk about that. Um, I think that a lot there were a lot of flaws with it that kind of personified the entire uh, phase four. I thought Namor was super flawed, but I also enjoyed it. But at the end of the day, like I just I like didn't enjoy watching this movie all that much. Not that like I it, it was a good movie, time well spent. I'm gonna watch it again. Um, I didn't like it more than Captain Marvel, Far From Home, Age of Ultron, Ooh. Iron Man Three. Um, it's probably higher quality than Iron Man Three, so I'm gonna put it in awesome. I'm gonna put it ahead of. Age of Ultron behind Far From Home. That's fair. I uh, I was gonna say I wouldn't be opposed to you putting it in dig it because I understand that my my perception of what a what I like in movies is at, at least lately has really been how much it like does it give me the goosebumps? Does it make me cry? Does it make me want to like get up and yell and scream and cheer? Like how much does it play with my emotions and how deeply does it make me feel? And I thought this movie made me feel very deeply you know what i mean like it just especially obviously it was on the heels of chadwick boseman dying and i love chadwick boseman thought he's a great guy i thought he's a great great actor so it was but like the like you could just see real emotion in this movie and it made you feel real emotions and i thought that's why i had it ranked a little higher than you do but yeah it's understandable why you'd have it lower i had a thought while you're saying that how much of that was strictly because there was an actual sad thing attached to the movie compared to how good the movie actually was. Well, I think this, this sounds bad. I think the the fact that these actors were probably actually grieving, like the fact that Shuri, when, when she's sitting and you saw the flashbacks of Chadwick, the fact that she was actually going through her head and thinking about those things and just thinking about how much she missed him like that just made that scene so much heavier for me. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I, I think this movie obviously could not have existed without that happening. But I think if Chadwick Boseman didn't die and they just made this movie as is anyways, it probably would not have had the same weight, but then, so maybe it's a little bit of an unfair comparison, but I still think that they leveraged that really, really, really well paid tribute really 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 well and i just i think it was very well done i do too and i think that i might be ranking it higher than i need to because of the emotions the the, the emotions of all of it all which were done really well but then you i think that makes you overrate movies in a way that other good elements don't like when you and that's i feel like it's obvious when you're emotionally attached to something so while we were talking i bumped it down two spots to dig it, the top of dig it though, above Iron Man three, right behind Age of Ultron. That's fair. Um, I like, like you said, in a vacuum, I think putting it down there is a, a really good point. But I think it's, you know, it's funny because like in don't... a vacuum without the real world stuff, this movie's a little bit worse. In a vacuum without the rest of Phase Four, this movie's a lot better. But then when you watch it with all of Phase Four. It becomes a little worse, but then you add the real world world stuff, and it becomes a little bit better. So there's so many outside factors, but if you just talk about the two hours and forty five minutes of it, it was a solid movie. You know, that made yeah. me feel a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Cool. Uh, I'm gonna rip through the rankings right now. This used to be so easy. Now there's thirty three of them. Uh, 
Pantheon, I've got Infinity War, Avengers, Iron Man, Endgame, Ragnarok, Guardians, Winter Soldier, Civil War. Awesome, i got Black Panther, Eternals, First Avenger, Multiverse of Madness, Homecoming, No Way Home, Captain Marvel, Far From Home, Age of Ultron, Indigit, Wakanda Forever, Iron Man 3, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, Black Widow, Guardians 2, Thor, and Thanos should skip this movie out of existence. Love and Thunder, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Ant- Iron Man 2, The Dark World, and The Incredible. Thanks for listening to The Wrong Opinion Presents MCU Rewatch. We'll probably be doing these monthly going forward, uh, doing the theater recaps, you know, almost every week. Uh, we're going to have, we're going to be airing the Oscar predictions next week, next Friday the 1st. Uh, next movie we got coming out, we're doing Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Uh, check out the wrong opinion, useless NBA trivia and garbage rankings if you want some NBA content as well as Hooper's Lane and Comic Central. Till then, peace out.